0: to take a moment before I start just to say thank you to a few people that that make our church possible even on days like today and I'm thinking of Hilda and David and I'm thankful for Ted and Jean and Marge, and Judy and Richard and Erica and Bob and everybody here um, and Henry who is uh, past pastor and present pastor in uh, retirement. And I got a secret. Do you know there's somebody in your midst who was actually published in Reader's Digest? Did you know that? Sue Sue Shade. Sorry, Sue, I should have sort of prepared you for that. Good morning and welcome to 2022. It's that time of year when we look around and We try to find out what's gone well and what hasn't. We make resolutions. How many of you do that? Anyone? (laughs) Some people actually keep them, but it's usually not an easy thing to do. Things change. People change. Circumstances change. The last couple of years have been just something we're not used to. We've faced isolation, illness, a heat dome, floods, fires, sadness. It could be said this way, and I'll ask you just to bear with me with the context. The past, present, and future walked into a bar. It was very tense. Tense is a good descriptive word for the last couple of years, but here we are. We're still here. We're still believing. We're still loving one another, loving God, and being loved. Will you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we know that you're here with us. We lift up to you this brand new year. Please continue to guide us through these days as we open your word today. Give us insight to what your will is for each one of us. We're grateful for your presence in our lives Help us to pass a little bit of you to the people we meet in our daily lives. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like to start this morning with a scripture that sort of has lived with me for as long as I can remember. It's been there when things are difficult, when things hurt, when I wondered what was next to come. It always comes back to that chapter in Jeremiah 29, starting at verse 10 through 13. This is a part of the letter where Jeremiah was talking to the people that were sent into exile in Babylon. He was trying to get them to understand that even though they're in tough times, that their God was there beside them. It starts at, chapter, at verse 10 with, This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. This is my favorite one next. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Whenever things get doubtful, this passage sends me back to a place where I'm aware that God is there. From Jeremiah 26.1 to 28.17, he's trying to talk to the exiles about what's going on, people are saying false things and and they're getting false hope and some of them are dying because of it. So he says, just stop. You'll seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. It was given as they lived among the Babylonians and their ways of life were different much like we're continually being asked to follow new uh, health orders, sometimes it gets tough. And when we can't see the people we love, when we can't gather as groups, when things hurt, when we get sick, all we have to remember, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. God does have a plan for our lives. If you have trouble believing that, I encourage you to read the book of Jeremiah. But then again, that's one of my favorites, so um, I'm sure there's many books of the Bible that help. We've just sub- celebrated the birth of Jesus. I'd like to share a passage still from the Christmas story. It comes in Luke 2, and 8-14, to 14, and Luke writes about the fear not principle, and the reason why we should live free of fear. Verse 10 to 11 read, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He is the Messiah and the Lord. This year in a world filled with chaos and strife, it felt good to sit at the feet of Jesus and once again remember the Christmas story. Our battles have been fought before and we will be given what we need to fight the next one and the next one until there is nothing left to fight. The New Testament gives us plenty of examples of how to live without fear. We find this in the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 13, verses 5 and 6. This passage is often called on to pronounce a new year without fear. In fact, that is a title that one commentator used to describe this passage. In times of uncertainty, we look first to our faith, to our God because he's there to help and to lead and to guide and to heal he's most most important when we feel the lowest in our lives Hebrews 13 5 and 6 goes in the message Bible don't be obsessed with getting more material things be relaxed with what you have since God assured us I'll never let you down never walk out and leave you. He's there. We can boldly quote, God is there, ready to help. I'm fearless no matter what or who can get to me. It's great to have that kind of courage and knowledge. I don't know about you, sometimes things get difficult and people get difficult, circumstances get difficult, And we can feel that our our hope is diminishing. Long winter days can drain away the cheer and joy of the season. But that isn't what God has planned for us. Once again, we go to the New Testament upon a passage in the Amplified Bible in the book of Romans, chapter 8 and verse 28. And we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, Causes all things to work together as a plan for good for those who love God in those who are called according to his plan and purpose. Gives you a moment of thought. So, the big question who's called according to his purpose? Is it our pastor, our elders, our board members? those are all a yes. But it goes much further. We're asked to live a life that honors the one who came to earth to save us. We need to be aware of what God's purpose is in our lives. And we need to do that on a daily basis. It doesn't start when we're retired or when we reach legal age or any other yearly measure. It comes when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Who amongst you would walk away from God's plan and purpose? Most of us would say never. But things happen, and soon we can find ourselves a long way from where we first found Jesus and asked him into our lives. If you feel like you've lost that first love of Jesus, I encourage you to take a moment and ask him to take control of your life to guide and to lead you. If things are getting out of control, you can ask him right here and right now, and he will step in and help you. When I was working, I, I saw many people come into my office. But there was this one fellow who came in, and he needed help occasionally. We'd chat a little bit and get to know each other. We talked a lot about what was happening in his life, and after a time or two, I got brave enough to ask him if I could pray for him. There was a brief pause, and then he looked over at me and nodded. After I prayed with him, we got the things he was looking for, and he left. Didn't see him for a month or two after that, and he came back in, and and he was silent. And I asked him how he is doing, He'd just been diagnosed with a severe loss of vision, and it was going to get worse. And he had to learn to walk with a cane. He talked about some of the things in his life that were a mess. I asked him if I could pray for him, and this time he nodded right away. I prayed for him, and we got him the things he needed, and he left. A Couple of weeks later, he came into my office again and sat down and smiled at me, and of course, you always wonder what's going on in the mind, right? I asked him how things were going, and he said he had a lot to learn, but he was learning. I asked him what he needed, and he looked over at me and smiled, and he said, "I need you to pray for me." Excuse me. After that. He got up to leave. As he got to the door of my office, I asked him if he needed anything. He just smiled and kept walking. God has a plan. That is something that is irrefutable. Sometimes it's hard to figure out where you're going, especially when things get out of control or difficult. God is right there beside you. We're told that God wants us to reach out to others, to help them to listen and to care. Things might seem like nothing is happening, but that is never true with God. There's always something happening. It's important to keep reaching out and to keep caring. It is through the divine relationship that we have with him that we know that he will guide us And he will show us what to say and how to say it. We want others to find what we've found. However, there will still be times when we are disappointed or upset. That's going to happen. We see the world as something to endure. It was interesting to find this note from the inspirational writer, Dr. Raymond McHenry. He writes that in times of uncertainty it's important to know a few simple facts that are found in Isaiah 40. He begins with, first of all, the oceans of the world contain more than 340 quintillion gallons of water. Yet God holds them in the hollow of his hand. You can find that in Isaiah Isaiah forty twelve. Next is the earth weighs six sectillion metric tons, yet God says it is but dust on the scales. And that's found in Isaiah forty fifteen. Next, the known universe stretches more than thirty billion light years, 200 sextillion miles. But God measures it by the width of his hand. Scientists claim that there are 100 billion galaxies, and each galaxy is made up of about 100 billion stars. To such mind-boggling math, Isaiah reminds us that God calls each star by name. It's in Isaiah forty twenty six. Dr. McHenry goes on to apply this by writing, if God can hold the waters in his hand, consider the weight of the earth but dust, the width of the universe with the span of his hand, and call each star by name. He can handle the details and dramas of our lives. And it is because God's power that we can read First Peter 5, 6, and 7 with confidence. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that may left you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. The Reader's Digest for December 1981 contained an interesting story. There was a Jewish man in Hungary who went to his rabbi and complained, Life is unbearable. There are nine of us living in one room. What can I do? The rabbi answered, Take your goat into the room with you. The man was incredulous, but the rabbi insisted, Do as I say and come back in a week. A week later, the man came back more distraught than ever. We can't stand it, he told the rabbi. The goat is filthy. The rabbi said, go home and let the goat out and come back in a week. A week later, the man returned, radiant, exclaiming, life is beautiful. We enjoy every minute of it now. And there's no goat, only the nine of us. Being content." is a matter of perspective rather than circumstance. We can choose the perspective that we have. We can look past the fear and the sadness and the things we need to endure. And we can do that because God has promised to always be there, to never walk away from us. God's love and guidance was obvious, not only in the New Testament, but also in the Old Testament. There's a couple of examples in the book of Psalms. Starting at 118 and verse 6, David says, The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can can mere mortals do to me? I always hear that as sort of a song. The Lord is with me. Do you get that? I don't know. Sometimes when we watch what is going on in the world, we know that, Man can do some very destructive and vile things to each other. Yet we're told over and over by God that he's on our side. Whatever man can do is brief and is far outdone by what God is willing to do for eternity. We read again in Psalm 56, 3 and 4, Whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you. In God I have put my trust. I will not fear. Here again, we're told to put our trust in God. Only then will we be able to stand during those times of hardship. Sometimes it's hard to trust because we've experienced things that make it really hard to trust anyone or anything. But God isn't just anyone. He is the great I Am. We can trust Him because He loved us before we even knew Him. Psalm 34.4 says, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from my fears. This is God's promise to us. He will hear you and he will lead you and he will guide you. Much like the people we help, God wants to be in a relationship with us and then from us the relationship goes to those we know. Sometimes it, may, it makes us easy if we, um, we help someone else. Have you ever felt that? You're in a time when you feel down and you just want to do something different. And someone comes by and you think, you know what, I can do that. I can sit and listen. I can offer a hug. In the book of Joshua, chapter 1 and verse 9, Joshua writes, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord of God, your God, will be with you wherever you go. If we look a little before that verse in 6 and 7, it starts Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land. Be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey the law my servant Moses gave you. Don't turn to the left or the right that you may be successful wherever you go. Success is best achieved when we acknowledge that God is in control, that he alone is our hope and peace. In that way, we can do, as Ralph Waldo Emerson wrote, write it on your heart that every day, is the best day of the year. I encourage you today to remember that God is there for you and that he will never walk away from you. He has loved you before you even knew him. And knowing this, we can do, as L.A. L.R. Nost wrote, do not be dismayed by the brokenness of the world. All things break, and all things can be mended. Not with time, as they say but with intention. So go, love intentionally, extravagantly, unconditionally. The broken world waits in darkness for the light that is in you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we look to you during these days of fear and uncertainty, thank you for keeping us in the palm of your hand. Thank you for watching out over your people. Help us to be worthy of that care. Help us to show a little of who you are in the things that we do and say, for without you, we would truly be lost. We give thanks to you in Jesus' most holy name. Amen.